Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. I might be becoming a bad baseball fan who can't enjoy the romantic things because of advanced statistics. 15 years from now, I want to be on the early baseball committee. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. I literally have the fan graphs hoodie, the baseball reference t-shirt, just repping some stats, you know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to a short gut reaction edition of Above Replacement Radio. We're talking the Baseball Hall of Fame election. Um, usually, yeah, the past, this is the third year in a row now where we're doing a gut reaction to the uh, Hall of Fame announcement. Um, we really don't know what to expect here, which is going to make this one particularly fun. That That's one way to put it. I am yeah. nervous as all hell right now, Chris. Um, there are this this entire election cycle has thrown me for a loop in so many ways. I thought Scott Rowland was going to be a shoe in. He only needed to gain twelve percent. He had some big gains a couple years ago and last year, and he really hasn't seen that this year. And it's really going to go down to the wire with him. And on the flip side, I did not imagine in my wildest dreams we would be even thinking about Todd Helton right now uh, at any point before maybe a couple weeks ago. Um, Todd Helton, there's a shot he gets in. It's not, you know, I think it's 50-50 with him as well as with Roland, but he's at 78.7% of the vote right now. Uh, about about 52% of the total vote is in, and we could see so many different things happen. I did not expect that we would be thinking about Roland not getting in. I didn't think we'd be thinking about Helton maybe getting in, uh, but there are so many things that can happen, and I just, I just don't want to shut out. Honestly, if we, if only one of them gets in, then it's whatever because the next one will cruise in next year. But yeah. I, we need somebody. Yeah, because, um, because yeah, the the reason why Helton, the potential of Helton being the only one in, uh, is so shocking is Helton had what fifty one percent last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roland was at around sixty three percent. So yeah, it would be quite the quite the shock i mean that's that doesn't usually happen especially helton's it's not like it's helton's 10th ballot or anything it's not like what that's not yeah. why he's getting a dramatic rise um it's just it's very surprising for sure yeah i mean helton has had years where he has had big gains particularly between his first and second year and between his his second and third year um and the private ballots tend to correlate with what the public ballots say for him. The same can't really be said for Scott Rowland. For him to get in, he's really gonna need the public ballots to or the private ballots to push him through, uh something that he's struggled with in the past. Uh and I think I think the possibility for it is out there. Um and oh no, I swear to god, that didn't just happen. Yeah, we're watching a, a stream here. Oh there we go. Okay. Yeah. Alright. We got a stream. Yeah, the yeah, we got MLB Network on. As we're recording right now, uh, Brian Kenny is alongside who? President of the Hall of Fame. President of the Hall of Fame. Um, Greg, thank you so much here in the Platt Gallery here in Cooperstown at the Josh Rowich, um, who is going to be announcing this ballot in a few minutes, probably. There's usually like a little. Uh, introduction about like the bbwa can condole or did this vote and this many ballots were cast to decide hall of fame (laughs) it's it's all it's yeah it's it's stuff you don't really need to know (laughs) one thing i will say is a shutout would obviously suck 
But regardless of the results, I think this year is going to have a lot of positives come out of it because we're at a point now where we know that Todd Helton's going to get in at the very least next year. We know that Billy Wagner is probably going to get in at the very least next year. I, I wasn't sure about him at all at any point. We could see Andrew Jones get up to 60% this year. At the beginning of the cycle, I was hoping he just gets 50. We could see him get to 60. And that means he'll have four years to get 15%, which would be pretty good. All right, that's the last thing I had to say. Tonight, we are pleased to announce the addition of one... Yes! Fred McGriff at the induction ceremony on July 23rd at the Clark Sports Center here in Cooperstown. A two-way superstar playing... Scott Rowland is a Hall of Famer. Holy cow! Scott Rowland is a Hall of Famer. Uh, he is... It looks like he got 73.6% of the vote. That's the same amount that Larry Walker got, so that means he made it by around six votes. Like I said, the private vote, it came through for him in a way that I didn't think would. Or not that I didn't think would, that a way that it would have been very hard for it to have done so. 76.3% of the vote. He made it by about five votes. That's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I, I think I think Tibbs has the full. It does. Tib Ryan Thibodeau has the full results. Scott sir, Scott Rowland at seventy six point three percent. Of course, Todd Helton had seventy two point two percent. He missed by about uh, maybe ten or so votes. He'll get in no problem next year. Billy Wagner sixty eight point one percent of the vote. That is a seventeen percent gain for him. He needs seven percent more for next year. That is excellent. Andrew Jones fifty eight point one percent. That is also a seventeen point gain for him. He was at forty one point one percent last year. That's encouraging. Uh, that means he's got 17% to gain over the next four years. That is very good. That's your guy, Chris, so I'm happy about that. Uh, Gary Sheffield, 55%. That is a also a significant gain for him. He's going to need to gain 20% in his last uh, year on the ballot. It's tough, but it's been done before. Larry Walker was actually at a less percent his last year uh, before going in. Carlos Beltran debuts at 46.5%. I was hoping he would debut at 50, but 46 is fine. He's got nine years to go. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of writers tend to avoid first-year candidates sometimes just because like, they don't view them as first-ballot candidates, but they view them as candidates in general. He'll be all right. Um, Jeff Kent uh, gets the exact same percent as uh, Carlos Beltran. He is now off the ballot. He gets 46.5%. A-Rod gets 35.7%. That's around a 2% gain for him. I'm going to turn this down real quick. Um, I'm going to mute this. I think that just paused it, though. Uh, not that it really matters, but um, A-Rod gets around a 2% gain. Manny Ramirez at 33.2%. That's the first time he's broken 30%. He was at 28% for the last three years. He was like Chris Davis' 247 batting average. Um, next year is probably the last year that we need to start seeing gains from Manny if he's going to have any shot. Personally, I think it's probably over for him. He's in his. He's he just finished his seventh year. He is three years now to get to. Uh, he needs forty-two percent to to vote for him that haven't already. Um, and crazier things have happened, but I, I think it's very hard to see uh, that many people change their minds on a guy with steroid allegations. Omar Vizquel is down to nineteen point five percent. He was at twenty-three percent last year. Um, so that is a slight drop for him. Andy Pettit, 17%. Bobby Abreu, 15.4%. My my bold prediction at the uh, 
the gut reaction show last year was that Bobby Abreu was going to break 15%. It's his first time breaking 10%, and he ends up at 15.4%. Jimmy Rollins, 12.9%. Mark Burley, 10.8%. K-Rod, 10.8%. Torrey Hunter, 6.9%. Uh, turns out the private ballots were a lot more friendly for him. So, Chris, what are your what are your main takeaways from this list here? Um, I think I think it was I think what we kind of were optimistically predicting happened given, you know, there were like there were what four big or definitely at least three big guys who had their last year on the ballot last year in mm-hmm. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Kurt Schilling. So, it opened up a lot of room for guys like I don't know you know Scott Rowland, Todd Helton, Billy Wagner, uh, Andrew Jones, along with uh, yeah, the, those are the main four that those are the big four. Yeah, they got a lot of um, they got a lot of uh, increase, which is great to see. Um, also, really happy not to see a shutout. Um, considering it, it would have looked really bad for the BBWAA, you know, two out of three years having a, having a complete shutout. Um, really glad that didn't happen, um, and you know, because and not just because of that, it's because Scott Rowland is very well deserving of being in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's that's the main takeaway, and uh, and yeah, like yeah, happy to see Jones get fifty eight percent on what his fifth year, sixth year, or sixth year. Yeah, um, happy to see you know Helton probably a shoe in for next year, and I mean, you know, Rowland being off next year. Makes it Mike Napoli, John Lackey, R.A. Dickey, Bronson Arroyo all got votes. <laughs> uh, Wait, where's Houston Street? Oh, they must be. He must be on the next slide of the graphic. Um, continue. But uh, but yeah, with um, with what was I about to say? With uh, with like, yeah, with Roland being off next year, um, I- I'm really happy that he doesn't have to be on the ballot next year because. You know, there's probably three guys that are going to get a lot of votes that um, yeah. that are new to the ballot next year in Utley, Beltre, and Maurer. Um, so it's good to you know open up some space with Roland being off next year. Chris, you had a hot. Do you remember you had a hot take during our gut reaction pod last year? Do you remember what it was? No. Okay, you were very. You didn't hit, but you were very close on it. You said Jeff Ken would get to forty eight percent. You were one and a half percent off. <laughs> um, like. Obviously, not having a shout-out is great, but forward progress is a huge theme of this year. Like I mentioned, Todd Helton and Billy Wagner, they look like shoe-wins for next year. I mean, Todd Helton very much does. Billy Wagner has to gain 7%, actually 6.9%, nice, in (laughs) two years. Andrew Jones, given the gain that we just saw from Todd Helton, it's not impossible to say that Andrew Jones gets in next year. Todd Helton was at 52% of the ballot last year. He's now up to 72.2%. He's only got, like, a handful of votes left to left to gain uh, for his induction. Billy Wagner, obviously, he's got maybe, like, between 20 to 30 votes, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, something like that. And Jones, you know, he had a he had a significant gain this year. Like I mentioned, seventeen percent, fifty-eight plus seventeen. That would get him exactly to seventy-five. Yeah. So if he has the same gain next year, he gets a seventy-five. And if he doesn't, two more years, he'll be an eighth year eighth year guy. I think this is the most confident I've ever felt in Andrew Jones following a year. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious, but I mean, he we went from I don't know if he's going to get in to it's only a matter of time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great to see. You know, I when we broke down our Hall of Fame ballots and power ranked them, Andrew Jones was my number two mm-hmm. guy and number one clean guy um, on the ballot. 
So, you know, that's something I'm happy to see, uh, you know, getting getting the recognition he deserves. And, and yeah, I, you know, it's what we optimistically were predicting, you know, kind of like a, probably a role in only, you know, mm-hmm. despite all the twists and turns of what these, you know, public ballots showed um, and, you know, what we perceived of the private ballots it ended up being kind of exactly what we thought it would be, which yeah. is a role in only um, uh, induction um, from the BBWAA. So let's let's talk about Scott Rowland now that uh, the, he's, you know, he's the highlight of the, the hour now. Um, he had, they're just showing this graphic now, he had 10.2% of the vote on his first ballot. That's the lowest debut percent on a Hall of Fame ballot eventually elected by the BBWAA, as they're just showing as a graphic now on MLB Network. Um, this is one of the best representation of the true rise of the Sabre community in the BBWAA ballot, because on the surface, Scott Rowland might not look like a Hall of Famer if you're just looking at the very, very you know, generalized, uh, basic level statistics, like a lot of writers do. And like even more writers did in the past. Um, but you know what? He's a, he's a perfect type of guy to be like, Hey, his war, because you know what? He was a good defender, a really good defender. He was a solid base runner and he could hit too. Yeah. You know, hitting, you know, his hitting wasn't otherworldly, you know, there are certainly plenty of other guys better. Uh, but Scott Rowland was a great all around player. And war was a perfect stat to prove that. Yeah, and what I just realized now is, like, if he did the same thing at the shortstop position, he would have been first ballot. Yeah, he 100% would have. Because he was, yeah, I mean... Because there's less expected out of shortstops offensively to begin with than third baseman. Yeah, so, like, what, eight or nine or ten gold gloves from him. Yeah. Along with, you know, the, the metrics support him as well. Um, and yeah, he de- he debuted at 10.2%, but also it, it's easy to forget like how stacked some of those ballots were. Yeah, I mean, he debuted, I think, with Mariano Rivera. Um, no, but... Or no, but it, was, uh, it was Chipper no, it was Jones, Chipper and, Jim Jones Tone and Jim, Jim Tomey. Yeah, Mario was the, the year later. One thing I'm interested in, they're showing him in Cardinals gear on all these graphics here. Uh, I I was, I kind of thought they'd show him with the Phillies. He played more years there. Um he had relatively equal production both in St. Louis and in Philadelphia. He's definitely one of those guys where you wonder what cap he goes in with. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think the argument is like he was more in the spotlight with uh, St. Louis. Like, that's fair, and that's fair. I don't think either fan base will really have a problem with it. You know, they both have very rich histories with Hall of Famers. Um, yeah. It's cr- it's crazy. What, now looking back, it's crazy to look at how bad the Phillies were even with. Yep. Bobby Abreu and Scott Rowland. And Kurt Schilling, even. Yeah, and, yeah, and Kurt Schilling. Um, speaking of Abreu, very happy he's up to 15%. Um, that's very cool of him. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Sheffield is going to be the one uh, tenth-year guy next year, and he is going to have to gain 20%. I don't think it's going to happen. I think next year is going to be a tough year for gains. Uh, but you know what? People... Uh, People really do like voting for guys in their 10th year. Like, you look at Fred McGriff, he had some of the best 10th year... Like, he had some of the best gains in any single year. He didn't get into the Hall of Fame, but everyone was like, oh, 10th year for Fred McGriff? Yeah, I'll throw that yeah. guy a vote. And sometimes it's even just like, uh, hey, I, I voted for him. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I, my gut says he probably doesn't go in, but it would be really sick 
if he did. Like, it would be re- we're setting ourselves up for a really good election next year because I think Beltre is an easy first ballot Hall of Famer. I think he's even a guy that gets 90-plus percent of the vote. And we're looking at two guys from this year in Helton and Wagner that should get in next year given where they're at percentage-wise now. Yeah, 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 for sure. And with Sheffield, Sheffield's an interesting thing to me because he is associated with PEDs, but not like he's not like the face of it by any stretch. And it's kind of like, you know, he obviously wasn't doing it while it was uh, punishable and he never got suspended for it, but he's still like kind of associated with it. However, yeah, he did gain 15% this year, which is pretty stellar. Mm-hmm. But I like, you know, I don't know if you can compare it to like Clemens and Bonds because you know Bonds and Clemens, they were at they were between what like 60 ish percent, sixty yeah. and sixty six percent for like for like the final three years. Mm-hmm. So you know there is always that sector of um, Hall of Fame voters. So I think that's probably what's going to yeah, stop them. I do too. Um, I will say. I think Sheffield benefited a lot from being the only steroid speculation guy on the ballot because, you know, without Bonds and Clements, I think this year proved a lot that a lot of guys care about steroid suspension versus speculation. I mean, just look at, you know, A-Rod and Manny got 20% less than Sheffield, and they were both much better players than yeah. him. Uh, so I think that that a lot of writers do care about that, and I think that a lot of the reason why we saw big gains from Sheffield is he's the only you know, steroid suspicion guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. His his name like his name is like associated with like the Balco thing, which was a very early two thousands like case that was like talked about, but it wasn't it wasn't like, oh Gary Sheffield got suspended for a hundred games because of his second violation with PEDs. Never had that situation. Um so it helps him out. And yeah, I don't know, it you know, it'll be interesting to see where he lies. I imagine he'll get at least above 60%, but, um, but yeah, and I guess it'll be interesting to see how that sets him up for potential, like, post-BBWAA elections. Um, do we want to go... I want to I want to do something. I want to each give... Have us give one hot take for next year right now. Oh, one hot take. Yeah. Um, that's a good question it's hard to hard to judge off of that um yeah i don't know i'm i'm looking at these at these results um hmm i don't know i don't know if i have a hot take do you have a hot take on your mind i do have one hot take i'll i'll explain mine while i give you time to think of yours okay so we've already talked about how we think uh, Helton's definitely going in next year. Wagner is most likely going in next year. Beltre is most likely going in next year. My hot take is Joe Mauer gets in next year as well. If the BBWAA, they get a lot of, you know, a lot of people talk about them being exclusive and, and denying people things. But if there's one thing they love to do, they love to vote for catchers, especially guys who can hit. Guys who have any sliver of a Hall of Fame cha- chance, they love to vote for. They they exceed expectations. Over the last 10 years, there have been two catchers on the ballot with any sort of Hall of Fame chance, the first of which was Mike Piazza. He was on the ballot for four years, and he was on some of the most stacked ballots you've ever seen. He shared a ballot with guys like, you know, Greg Maddox, with Tom Glavin, Frank Thomas, uh, John Smoltz, Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, uh, Ken Griffey Jr., and uh, among many others, Edgar Martinez, uh, Tim Raines, who eventually got in. 
Like, he was on some of the best ballots you've ever seen, and he got in in four with steroid suspicions. Mm-hmm. Like, he admitted in his autobiography that came out before he was elected that he used PEDs yeah. for, for medical purposes. They voted him in in four years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next of which was Pudge Rodriguez. He was the next year after uh, Piazza eventually got in. The other, so he was one of two major uh, first years to headline that class. It was Pudge Rodriguez, uh, and it was Vlad Guerrero. And among the two, at the beginning of that cycle, I thought, okay, if there's any, fir- if there's one first ballot Hall of Famer, it's probably that Vlad Guerrero, right? A 140 career OPS plus, some of the best offense ever, and. Pudge Rodriguez got in over Vlad Guerrero that year. Pudge Rodriguez had 76% of the vote. Vlad had 72%. Like, the Hall of Fame, and granted, both Rodriguez and Piazza objectively were better players than Joe Maurer. Sure. Yeah. But the BBWA does love their catchers, and it's been seven years since we've had a legit one. The only catcher that has appeared on any Hall of Fame ballot since Pudge was A.J. Przinski, which, yeah. no disrespect to him, but... You know, there's not really a strong case or much of any case there. I think the BBWA loves their catchers a little more than people expect, and I think that they show that for Joe Maurer. If he doesn't get in, I think he gets between 65-70 next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that would be... And look at that. As I'm saying that, not, uh, so Scott Rowland is the ninth-ranked uh, third baseman by wins above replacement, and they're showing the ninth-ranked player of every position by war, and Joe Maurer is there at catcher. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, I, would it be a hot take? Because I, I, I don't really have too much hot takes. I think, yeah, I think Maurer could possibly get in. I was thinking among these candidates. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I think Helton will get in. I think Wagner will probably get in. I don't think Jones will get in, so I'm not going to use that hot take that he okay. will get in. Um, <clears throat> and would it be a hot take to say Beltron does, does not get a 10% increase. Yeah, I think that'd be a hot take. I don't know. I think writers are just going mean, to kind of... Would you want to round down and say he doesn't get to 55? Because um, he's at 46.5. That would be an 8.5 that would be an eight and a half vote. My hot take is he will get between 55 and 56%. <laughs> okay, that's a very specific take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, you did say 48% with, with Jeff Kent, uh, and you were close. Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it's going to be tough to get gains next year. Um with at least three strong first-year candidates, plus also David Wright, who I think will get some votes, especially from the New York writers. Matt Holliday, who I think gets like around the same level of support that Torrey Hunter's gotten this year. Um, one thing to note, I'm glad K-Rod stayed on, and I'm honestly surprised he got 10.8. The private ballots must have really liked him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's dope. Like He's definitely a guy that I wanted to take another look at. I'm glad that I'll be able to. Uh, I probably won't vote for him next year, but mm. I mean, if he's got 10.8%, I don't think he's falling off next year. Yeah, yeah, interesting. He's, you know, he was, uh, had some, had a big impact um, as a reliever for a lo- for a very long time, so yeah, it would be interesting to look at again, but yeah, he didn't, wasn't really close to the 9 or 10 that we voted for, um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, so yeah. Any anything anything more you wanna um, talk about before we uh, wrap up this little gut reaction? I don't know. I feel like there are things, but I can't think of anything specific right now. Um, I obviously we won't be able to see the breakdown of, of private vote versus public vote until maybe a couple weeks from now because 
eventually the BBWAA will release every single ballot that uh, the writers checked to say, like, is it okay if we make your ballot public? Yeah. Um, and there will be, like, a hundred guys on there that are are on that list but didn't submit their ballot. So there's, you know, there's pre-election results, of course, which we had 207 this year. We had a large uh, surplus of ballots in the last couple of days, like, more than we usually see. Um, and we also saw, and we also have about a hundred or so post-election public ballots and then private ballots, which there's usually around like 60, 70 or so. Uh, so we won't be able to see that breakdown until a little later, but I'm very excited to see, uh, how Scott Rowland's numbers are because the private ballots crushed him. Uh, he, the, the post-election public results did, were pretty nice for him last year. He had 67% of that. But the private ballots destroyed him. He had 34% last year, so I'd love to see if he was able to get that or if the post-election public results really just carried him. Yeah. Because it does make a much larger part of the electorate. Yeah, right, yeah. It would. It will be interesting um, to look at that. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, the, yeah, overall, re- recapping the year, I, I'd say positive, you know. This was probably the best election we've had at least since uh, the Jeter-Walker election, at the yeah. very least. Yeah, and, like, I think part of it is, like, we don't... the Bonds and Clemens and Schilling being off makes things a little bit easier. It makes things... Yeah, it makes things easier and also just less, like, frustrating. Yes. Because, like, you know, we had to go through the same song and dance every single year with these, oh, these cheaters, I don't like these right. cheaters. And, like, the only, you know, quote-unquote cheaters on this ballot, I'm not even going to include Beltran on this list, are Sheffield, who, you know, might not even be the worst Hall of Fame snub to begin with. Yeah. And A-Rod and Manny, who are two very different cases, obviously. Yeah, like, the two, yeah, the, the only two guys, at least two significant guys who have ever been on the ballot, who have ever been suspended for steroids. Um, so yeah, uh, so yeah, that's, that's what we got on this, uh, on the 2023 election, election Tuesday. What a, what a, what an election it was. I cannot wait for next year. Genuinely, like this is, you know, there are a lot of times where this process is done. I'm like, okay, it's finally over. I don't have to think about it anymore. I I want to just let's just breeze through the 2023 MLB season at this point. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's see. Uh, let's sim. Yeah, let's sim to Adrian Beltre, uh, and you know Chase Utley and Joe Mauer. I think Chase Utley is going to get around the same number of support that Beltron got this year. He'll hover 50. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I th- I think. This is a great. This is one of the best years for this process that I've seen in a while, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's one where I actually feel like I'm left feeling good about the Hall of Fame, and I don't. I still don't feel good about the BBWAA. I mean, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but they elected a guy who deserved it that got there because of the analytics. Yes. Right. Like Scott Rowland's not an eye test guy. He's his defense is eye test certainly, mm-hmm. um, but he's not an eye test guy. Like analytics got him there, so that's very satisfying. It's also just satisfying to know that Helton and Wagner are more than likely going to get in at some point. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Yeah, and he's not even he's not a three thousand hit guy, not a five hundred yeah. home run guy. Um, I mean, not only that, but also the next two years we have slam dunk first year candidates because we have uh, Ichiro in two years. Yeah, and that's a guy who will. I think he can get ninety five plus percent of the vote. Honestly, yeah, like, who's, yeah. who's not voting for Ichiro? Yeah, he's a, a 
you know, fan favorite, and I think that's that style of play really tickles the... Mm-hmm. the Especially for a guy that started his major league career at age 27 and still had 3,000 hits. Right. That's very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Look and at look at Scott Rowland. Yeah, he hit three 3.11 career average and infield hits galore, stolen bases, a lot of them. Yeah. Um, all right, well, that should wrap it up for this... Uh, for the 2023 Baseball Hall of Fame election gut reaction from Above Replacement Radio. Um, if you want to hear more of us, uh, check out the Apple Podcast, Spotify, and YouTube streams. The YouTube channel is Above is uh, Above Replacement Radio if you want to see, you know, why Scott Rowland deserved to. Check out the short we did about that. Um, it's on the YouTube channel, Above Replacement Radio. Uh, follow us on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow me on Instagram at Chris Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Current. And follow the show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio for all the show needs. We hope you enjoyed this one. And uh, we hope to see you next time for a full episode where we'll, we will be talking all the happenings in Major League Baseball once again. See you then. Woo! This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.